I'm just going to take the first guy that likes me Yeah, because uh, everyone else is partnered and everyone else has their boyfriend taking the pictures and I don't have that. So let me just take someone not even asking myself if I'm ready, if I want that, but I have to have it. Hey loves, my name is Dantea and I'm your fave self-worth therapist and coach. And this is my show, Situationship. This show is about getting out of toxic situationships that go beyond partners to family and friends and everything in between to living a life of joy and self-worth. Okay, let's get into it. Hello, my loves, and thank you so much for joining me today on the Get Your Guy Coaching Podcast. I have a very, very special guest with me today. Now, she is she has a very unique title, and that's why I wanted to bring her on because um, her title is Self-Worth Coach, and you are a therapist, correct? Yes. Now, I want to introduce a special guest that I have today. Her name is Dantea Mitchell Hunter, and she is going to talk to us all about self-worth. Girl, thank you so much for being here. Of course. I'm so excited to be here. Girl, are you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can tell the whole background story if you want me to, but yes, I'm very excited to be here. Yeah. Well, I'm excited for you to be here as well. We're going to get into it and talk about all of the things. Yeah. Um, but first, before we get into kind of self-worthiness, I want to talk a little bit about what you do. So can you just tell the people like what you do, what you focus on and how you got into it? No problem. So when I'm not looking for the best cupcake shops, like in new cities, uh-huh. then I am working with BIPOC women who like constantly find themselves in unfulfilling relationship cycles. And they want to get out of that. And they want to create self-worth, uh, self-love and like that true internal happiness, whether they're single or partner. And so I do that online through my private practice called Soirees and Therapy. And uh, that's what I do. And let's talk about, you specifically said BIPOC. So what are some of those maybe unique challenges when it comes to BIPOC women? Yeah. So like if we're thinking about BIPOC women and then self-worth, it's really hard to muster up self-worth every day on the hour when society doesn't show us as much as they can when society tells us this is the standard of beauty and you can pay that against yourself and oftentimes you don't you don't match what's being put out there so i think it's a unique challenge because we have to create our own spaces and and add seats to the table and with all that on top of trying to love yourself and have self-worth it's it could be a challenge Yeah. So you're talking about society. What are some of those things that I think, uh, what are some of those things that you think that BIPOC women are believing, right? Believing just in society as a whole? Yeah. I mean, you said that society has all of these different messages, right? So I think a lot of people can have a lot of different messages, but it's about what we decide to believe in and what we don't. Uh, yeah. You know, ultimately. So what do you think those messages that are really kind of um, creating maybe this lower level of self-worth for so many of these BIPOC women? Yeah, I think there's just so much to think about. So 
when we think of people of color and we let's take work, for example, and you you apply for a job. And if your name is anything less than like the classic Eurocentric name, Amy, Emily, Elizabeth, whatever, there's anxiety around that applying for the job. Are they going to accept me? Am I going to be good enough to, should I, should I list 10 years of internships versus just my last job, you know? So there's that. And then you're in the job and then you have to work times, whatever, to be seen as being promoted to maybe middle management, higher management, whatever that is. And you constantly feel this tension of like, there can only be so many of us that happens. And I think that really transitions to other places with, with the dating pools, with, um, what are my options? If I don't see a lot of people in the world doing what I want to achieve, maybe I want to direct a film, but I don't see any people that look like me directing films. Do I belong there? Is that the space for me? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Um, now you've spoken specifically about you kind of serving BIPOC women, but I think that we all suffer from, uh, you know, low self-worth at times or many times, right? Oh, yes. Why is that? What happens? I know you talked about certain messages for BIPOC women, but why? Oh, yes. Uh Yes, it gets very intricate when we think about the why. And so when we have low self-worth, when we have high self-worth, folks on a low for right now, it's a lot of times because we are so focused on external messages. Like we are so focused on external validation, right? And so when we soak up what is coming outward in that affects it. So an example would be maybe you grew up in a household with your family as a child, and maybe someone continued to say, um, you need to lose weight, you're fat, or you're lazy, or you're stupid, or whatever. And as a child, like those are those formative years. So you're after a while, you're just going to soak it up and you're going to believe that. And so fast forward to adult years and you're telling yourself, I'm so dumb. Like, how come I couldn't figure that out? That's coming from childhood. Yeah, It's just the voice that carries. And so who we're surrounded by, what we're taking in media wise, whatever that affects our sense of self-worth. If we're not checking that, if we're just kind of just taking it in. Yeah. And as children, we can't check it. We take Mm -hmm. everything personally, right? That's just what the child ego is all about. Yeah, totally. Um, So talk to us about some of these uh, kind of self-worth issues that you talked about. Obviously, you talked about maybe having to feel like you have to work harder or do certain things. What are some ones that you've struggled with? And I'll share some some self-worth issues that I've struggled with as well. Yeah, let's get personal. I love it. We have to. I think the, <laughs> the listeners want to hear all about our shit, girl, so that of they course. don't feel like they're in the shitter by themselves. <laughs> okay. No, listen, I'm really good at what I do because I've been there, period. Yeah, yeah. And so I've struggled, struggling, right? Like working on things every day with not feeling like I'm good enough, not feeling like I'm too much, mm. uh, feeling like I don't belong. No one's going to like me. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I struggle with those growing up a lot and it's taken a lot of work to not have that be like my, my default, like my main, like, Oh yeah, I knew it. Not enough. I'm being too much. So, which makes me go inward and, and anxious. And now I'm silent. Now I'm stuffing my needs and I'm not talking to so people are like, what's wrong. And I'm like, 
like if I say something, they'll judge me. They won't be my friend because I'm not good enough anyways. I don't belong here. And you run out, right? Yeah. All of that. I think everyone's nodding their head right now <laughs> as you say all of that because I think we're all in the same boat, you know? Yes. Um, thank you for sharing that. I think for me, uh, you know, it has really centered around my race and my sexuality, right? And so it's this... I'm not good enough. People are not going to accept me. So because of that, I feel like I always have to prove myself to other people. So uh, if I'm playing sports, I need to be better than all the boys. Mm. If I'm in the classroom, I have to get the best grades. If I, you know, when I became a parent, I had to be the best parent, right? Mm -hmm. And the translation of that was my kids have to be perfect. Of course. Yeah. They are a reflection of me. Mm -hmm. And... (laughs) You know, as you know, we're both brown and lovely. Yes, yes. We unfortunately have that pressure of I have to represent my entire community and race mm-hmm. and anything and everything that I do. And so, you know, it, that's a lot of pressure. And with that can come, you know, just it can cripple you at times, right? Oh, it can, absolutely. It can also make you feel not great and have a lower level of self-worth because no one's perfect. So yeah. there are going to be moments where, and I'll speak for myself. There are moments when I'm like, "Ugh, I can't, this isn't going well. I'm not great. Right. Or mm-hmm. something that my kids do that I've had to like check myself and be like, they're just doing what they're doing. They're learning. Yeah. Their so it has been a struggle for me as well, specifically around sports, grades, and parenting. Mm-hmm. Those have been the three things where my self-worth has been like, questioned regularly. Yeah. 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 No, you're right. Like as you're talking about it, I'm thinking of one of the pains I had for years, as you know, I'm from Seattle. I grew up there and then I eventually moved to Atlanta and growing up in Seattle, my, I've all, I always struggled with my, my complexion being darker skin Mm -hmm. and dealt with all, you know, like the classics, you're pretty for a dark skin girl, that kind of stuff dealing with that. And so that really affected my self-worth as well. Cause now we're talking about beauty and okay. So I'm, I fit in the beauty category. Oh, but there's this thing that keeps me from being like at the top. So I'm just kind of a, just kind of here kind of afterthought, Yeah, you know, those kind of things. So that comes up too, as I'm hearing you talk. Yeah. I'm so glad that you mentioned that because I think um, what happens is, you know, as we're growing up and you, we get those comments, right? Oh, you're beautiful for a black girl or, oh, you're exotic or, <laughs> oh, you're unique and interesting. But in that tone where it's like kind of a microaggression, um, we can start to yeah. internalize those things. Right. And I think that it can really heavily affect our love lives. And so I want to talk a little bit about that, but, and I want to focus on, how we're growing up because like similar to you, I, it sounds like you went to an all white school because Seattle is really white, <laughs> well, or at least mo- mostly white. Yes, majority white. Yes, and maybe sure. some Asian individuals there as well because oh, I know a- Seattle Yes, is. Asians, Hispanics, had, yeah. had all of it and still majority white. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But so I, I went to school uh, with nothing but white people. And so... Mm-hmm. Not only was my race a factor, but my sexuality was as well, where, where I didn't 
have ex- like romantic experiences wow. in those years that are so important, mm-hmm. right? And I think I'm why am I talking about this? I'm talking about this because I think it's important to realize that when you don't have those experiences, you can equate that with your self-worth in the love game, mm-hmm. right? In relationships and love mm-hmm. and dating that oh, I don't have experience, so I must not be worth as much. Or because my knowledge isn't as great, Mm -hmm. um, I don't belong here, or it's not going to happen for me. And it becomes this perpetual cycle. Have you experienced that at all? And if so, like, let's talk about it. So as you're talking, I'm thinking about dating and, you know, when everyone starts to date and maybe you don't have a boyfriend yet. And so you, for myself, I found myself in the place where, okay, well, let me, I'm I'm just going to, I'm just going to take the first guy that likes me yeah, because uh, everyone else is partnered and everyone else has their boyfriend taking the pictures and I don't have that. So let me just take someone, not even asking myself if I'm ready, if I want that, but I have to have it. Right. Yeah. And so my very first boyfriend, we never spoke. Oh, he, wow. would tr- he would try to come up to my locker and say hi. And I would slam my locker and run away. Like, Why girl? <laughs> you just weren't feeling him, but he was just like uh, an arm candy or what? <laughs> I was just, I it was just something I feel like I had to do. Everyone else had a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And so looking back, I didn't really want that. Like I didn't want that. It's just something I thought I had to do. You wanted then, the status of it. I wanted the... I wanted to fit in. So if all my friends were, well, I don't know if this is relevant to you, but where I was from, Dickie's, Dickie's pants were everything. So yes, all my girl. Okay. okay. What the, the painter pants? <laughs> yes. yes, girl. I had a pair. I'm not going to front. <laughs> yes. So everybody had the Dickie's pants. So if you, if someone has Dickie's pants, you get that too. If someone has a boyfriend, you get that too. Not even knowing what this means. Just mm. you're supposed to have someone. And so that relationship was seven days long, dead. The longest seven days of your life. The longest, <laughs> torturous <laughs> seven days of my life. Ah, oh, awful. Yeah. And so you think about that. And as you c- continue to try to fit in, if you're, if you're struggling with like um, complexion issues, for example, um, I remember I only wanted to date people who were lighter skin. Like that was... If you weren't lighter skin and I didn't even see you kind of thing. Right. And if you really like hold that, it's like, because I'm trying to, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be accepted. And so if if who I am as me and my complexion and all that kind of stuff is not what's being accepted, then let me attach myself to what is. Yeah. Right. And I don't think that way anymore. Like I love, love my chocolate men that is out the window. Uh, But yeah, it's just like talking about this. It goes so deep, so deep. Yeah. I'm hoping that the listeners are able to understand that everything that we're sharing and probably when they think about their lives and where they got their worth from, it wasn't Mm self-worth. It was others' worth. Yes, absolutely. That's what it is. And so Mm -hmm. I think that others' worth equals low Mm self-worth, right? That if we're so focused on that, then there's no way that we can have a higher level of self-worth because it's it's not self right? It's others. So let's talk about kind of how we can reframe it so that we are focused Mm -hmm. on ourselves and we can actually 
have different thoughts and beliefs in this area of our life so that we can be successful in so many other areas. So how do you think about this? How do you help your clients kind of reframe, Mm -hmm. right? Self-worth. Yeah. So it's basically just like what you were talking about, this external valuing system, right? So one way to start getting into reframing is to really ask yourself, like, whose thoughts, whose beliefs are these? If I'm thinking about what is the standard of beauty, if I'm thinking about what um, house, apartment, city, where should I be living? And if that is not my own thoughts and beliefs, that's just going to, it's not going to go well. And so when you start to ask yourself, like, really, what are my values? What is authentically me that will help you break out of focusing on what others think you should do? And so you start to build up on your sense of self-worth because it's all about evaluating what works best for you. And sometimes that's really hard to do. So I would say like a part B to that. It's literally like I have my, all of my clients do this, writing a values list. What do you value? And then really looking at that and seeing- Can you give me some examples of what like some values would be? Yeah. So some people say quality time with self, quality time with family, uh, financial security, um, acceptance, validation, whatever, like the values, whatever those values are. If that means traveling, if that, it doesn't matter what it is, like something that you highly value because that's a part of your work. And so we look at how much Am I giving energy to these things that I say that I value? And oftentimes we're maybe hitting one of those, maybe. Mm-hmm. And so it's really like, okay, what do I need to do to do more of these things that I value? Yeah. So that's one, that's just something else I would say. I love that. Uh, we do similar things. Cause one of the things that I think is important as we talk about self-worth or others worth is that we're not focused on self, right? Yeah. And that we have to, and the way that I think about this is, by letting our feelings lead, meaning like what feels good to you, what feels pleasurable to you and the things that don't feel good, we're going to leave alone. The things that do feel good, or as you said, your values, we're going to lean into and we're going to do more of those things, right? Even if it's like the voices in our head, right? If it doesn't feel good to you, we're going Mm -hmm. to leave that alone. We're going to put it on the shelf and we're going to go outside and do our own thing with the (laughs) things that we like, right? Another thing that I think about too is you know i i want i generally tell my clients that i want them to be thinking about different aspects of their life different kind of timelines mm. 0 to 7 7 to 14 14 to 21 and think about the things that they loved in that timeline yes that, that time frame right because oftentimes that changes right mm-hmm. and we don't think about this we're living our everyday life without realizing that uh, for me like 7 to 14 Die hard professional wrestling fan. I <laughs> could not get enough of it. Had all the action figures. I love it. Every Monday, every Thursday, <laughs> every Sunday, whatever, right? Yes. And so um, one of the things that I've done is I've incorporated that into our family time. So now we are a family that watches wrestling. Yes. I'm able to connect with my kids, but I'm also able to connect with myself, Mm -hmm. the things that make me feel good, right? Yes. It may sound silly to many. I don't really care because it makes me feel good. I love it. I love the drama. Exactly. What about for you? What are some of the values that you are leaning into right now? 
Oh man, like definitely whatever makes me happy, whatever that is, even if it's scary. And so like I recently moved because I realized being in Seattle, I love it. I do love you, Seattle. I need sun consistently, consistently. And so it was scary to leave all of my like strong support systems there because I was chasing my happiness, chasing the sun, right? Uh, Talking about childhood experiences when I was younger, I knew I was going to be a choreographer, like period. Like yeah. I, I was going to be a choreographer and a, and a backup dancer. That was my goal. In for life. Janet or for somebody else? Who, oh, who did you want to dance for? Man, with? at that time, I thought I would be a backup dancer. I think like for Maya. Yes. Um, we Brand- I mean, Brandy, like, yes. Like wh- whoever was hot at that time, like early, yeah. early 2000s. I was going to be a backup dancer. I just knew it. And I always find myself kind of like dancing around the house. However, I wanted to do that more. I wanted to intentionally like have a dance party. And I've been playing with like, what if I pretend like I'm a dance instructor with the stick, like Debbie Allen with the stick. Uh huh. And I just like make up a choreography, like an eight count. Yeah. Not even someone has to see it, but like I do it for myself because that's me. I love to perform, period. Yeah. And I love to do that through dance most of the time. I love this so much. I think that these exercises are so important because it brings you back to you, yes. right? Ultimately. And one of the things that I think as we relate this to dating is if you're approaching your dating life and you aren't really clear on what makes you you and you're not presenting that, it's going to be really hard to be successful because you're going to be bringing 50, 60% of yourself. Right? that, yeah. Yeah, right? As, as we think about self-worth, we're only going to show the parts of ourselves that we feel good about and that might mm. not be a hundred percent. Yeah. But if that's the case, what happens, unfortunately, and this is why it's, so important to have such a high level of self-worth in dating is um, that, you know, I think the research says that you you can't fake the funk for more than three months. So at some mm. point, mm-hmm. it, you're going to show all of yourself and yes. you want to make sure that that person that you're dating and who you want to be with is good with the 100% of you yes. than actually not good with it. And then you guys mm-hmm. break up in the two to three month mark. There's a, there's a reason why there are a lot of relationships that mm-hmm. end after six weeks because you're what we call in dating strategically presenting. Yes. And in that strategic presentation, mm-hmm. uh, it can it can be a bit deceiving if you're not showing up and being your whole self because that person, yeah. like, I didn't sign up for that. <laughs> That's not what I knew of you. Yes, right? So exactly. Being able to oh. have confidence and mm-hmm. show all of yourself, which is obviously a high level of self-worth, whatever, good, bad, ugly, however you feel like it and see if they like it, see if they don't Mm -hmm. uh, is I think so important. I was just telling my clients that what are your thoughts on it at self-worth as it relates to dating? Yeah, I love, I love this topic. I do this a lot in my work as well, because we, especially when it comes to dating, if you're still really focusing on what the world says you should be or what your family says you should, whoever says you should be, then when you meet this person, you're going to present who you think they want to see. That's right. Right. So maybe you're going to present you're a really clean eater 
Maybe you're going to present. Or that, that you don't eat a lot, even though you that, like to grub. <laughs> and you're not hungry. You just want a salad. I'm yeah. good. No big yeah. deal. Yeah. Right. Or you don't like to um, start singing in the middle of a conversation because the last word you said reminded me of a song. Right. And so within that, it's like you said, crippling. Like you, you just, you, you really like dissociate. That's right. And now you don't know who you are, who you're supposed to be. What did you tell them? What are they expecting of you? So then you get frustrated with them because as your real self starts to peek through and they're like, wait, what? You're like, but this is me. No one can accept. Like it's, that's oh, right. That's, that that's happens. the, that's the cycle. Right. Mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. when you're feeling like, oh, no one can accept me, yep. then you're feeling like there's nobody out there for me. No one's, yep. I, I'm too much. I'm too they much. don't, they don't live for me. No yep. one's checking for me, all of that. Well, in reality, we should have been showing all of ourselves at the beginning. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I tell my clients, uh, to talk their shit right? Okay. T-Y-S, right? Talk your shit. (laughs) And I say that because as we were talking about, we get weird around guys. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. They'll come up to you. You'll start doing your shoulders, showing the napes of your neck, right? Girl, that's not you. (laughs) When you're in a meeting and you're, you know, kicking ass, Mm -hmm. that's parts of you, right? This stuff. And, you know, I love flirting. I think it's great. There's, there is definitely, (laughs) it's definitely beneficial for connection and things like that. But I I think it's important for us to realize that um, you can't be changing it up, right? If that's not you, if you're not like that all of the time, you shouldn't be like that here. Yes. And I tell, talk your shit means I want you to talk to these people like they're your best friend, as mm. if you've known them forever. I want you to talk to them like they're your cousin that you yeah. have haven't seen in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. You all are in a family reunion, and you yes. have a lot to ca- catch up on, right? That's the sort of energy that you want to kind of be presenting, even when you're in the initial phases of just mm-hmm. having your first conversations with them. Mm-hmm. Right? It skips the line a bit in terms of a different level of familiarity. And vulnerability, right? Yes. Is it going to be more vulnerable with those people? And then mm-hmm. after that, they also want to be more vulnerable with you. And then you can absolutely some connections. What are your thoughts? It's contagious. Yeah. yeah. Totally. I think as happiness is contagious, laughing, and I think vulnerability is contagious as well. I I think if you present yourself as so accommodating and and so let's just say kind of maternal, right? to this person that you're just meeting, they're going to expect, why wouldn't they? Yeah. Right. And so if it's not really who you are and you're not this overly accommodating person, it's just really going to mess you up mentally in the long run. And so I definitely agree with you. Like show, show yourself. If you curse, curse, like show yourself. Yeah. I love that. Definitely. 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 Talk your shit. Talk your shit. I think it's helpful because one of the things that I think is important to think about as we are all healing mm-hmm. is this transition from other people's opinions and yeah. how I feel. Yeah. And I think dating is such an amazing form to actually practice that consistently, mm-hmm. right? To, and I think in the practice of it, the self-worth, the levels can increase naturally, right? But yeah. we have to do it. We have to continue to show up yeah. as ourselves. And 
be okay with it being polarizing. Not everyone's going to yes. like you and, and that's okay. Not everyone is supposed to like you. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a hard transition to get there, right? It's hard to yeah. go from who being who I think other people want me to be to figuring out who I want to be to now I'm showing people who I am. It's really yeah. hard. And I always talk to my clients about this, like when they do express show up authentically because you feel it, you feel the alignment, you feel like you're kind of skipping. You feel like you feel like your clothes fit just right when you're in that yeah. empowerment, that self-worth. And it's like, after you do it, it feels like, yes. Like you just feel like, like you could take off like that, that, that superhero pose, you know, <laughs> for those of you that cannot see this, <laughs> She is literally giving a superhero pose. Get it, girl. That's Get how it. I feel. It's like, yeah. so. Yes. Yeah. I love yeah. it very much. That is a, 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 it can be a difficult transition, right? Yeah. Do you have any exercises as we start to think about, you know, um, really shifting the way that we're thinking about ourselves and our, our self-worth? that we can do to kind of change our, in our self-concept? Yeah. I really, again, like this whole thing is so internal. Like you, you have to become curious about yourself and you have to be able to reflect upon yourself. And I know this is said a lot and it's said a lot because it's effective, really writing out like what you are grateful for. Because when we have low self-worth, we're just constantly looking for things that will validate why I'm not good enough, why I'm too much, mm-hmm. why I'm not athletic enough, what romanticized enough, whatever that is. And so when you write out what you're gra- grateful for, it really helps like you're pouring into yourself. Yeah. That's you pouring into self, not so, not your best friend saying, but girl, you should be so happy. Like you got a new job, you got a new place. Like that can only take you so far. So pouring into yourself, getting really curious about, again, your values. Am I, be, am I in alignment? And of course, another exercise, something I feel like people should do is of course, go to therapy. Like yes. you don't have to do this on your own. Healing is, is a journey and it can be very, very uncomfortable. Yeah, most definitely. I love being curious because the thing that I find that happens the most is that we aren't curious, that we mm-hmm. actually either take something for fact or we judge it. That it yes. isn't it the the reaction is not, oh, that's interesting that I had that reaction or that's interesting that I had that thought. Mm-hmm. It's that person's bad. I'm I'm more this bad, right? Yes, exactly. I I, I love just continuing to have this level of curiosity about Mm -hmm. who we are, who we're becoming and how we're feeling and thinking and uh, about life and ourselves. I think that's so great. Yeah, definitely Uh, that and give yourself grace. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk more about grace because I think that's harder to do. (laughs) Yes, it is hard. And my experience has been that oftentimes we're not given grace. So we don't even know what that even looks like to give mm-hmm. to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right? Your grace looks different to a lot of different people, right? Yeah. So how can we give ourselves grace and like stay in the practice of it? When I think of giving myself grace, I really think of like, if you were to envision someone who just sees you and accepts you, maybe this is a grandmother, maybe this is a grandfather, maybe this is the best friend, your mom, father, whoever it is, and say you, okay, 
say you imagine yourself as a seven-year-old and you're running and you're not supposed to be running because your grandmother said, stop running so fast. You're like, ah, whatever. You and you still running. did it because you're hard-headed. Uh-huh. Yeah, because whatever. They don't know, right? I got this. And you fall and you scrape your knee and you're crying and you're nervous because you weren't supposed to be running and now I'm hurt. And now I'm going to go to grandma and grandma's not going to say, I told you not to stop. I told you to stop running so much. You're just like, come here, baby. It's okay. That hurt. It's okay. Let me, let me give you some band-aids, whatever. And when you're ready to go outside running again, you let me know. Mm -hmm. I'll take you outside. Right. And so same thing applies to our adult selves. If we do something like we, um, if we're in a relationship, we break up and we know that relationship is not good for us. And yet we have that inkling of like, well, let me go back and try. I shouldn't let me go back and try. So you go back and try, you text, you realize this is why I left this person in the first place. Give yourself grace. It's okay. You wanted connection. You were hopeful. You wanted to see if things were changed. And now we see that it's not. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, That requires that we're going to have to do that for ourselves. And for many of us, we didn't actually have that experience of Mm -hmm. grace. Absolutely. When you got your knee scraped, you heard, I told you, you shouldn't have been running. (laughs) And and that's what happens when you run. (laughs) Oh, yes. The shaming, the blaming. Yes. So we take that on and Mm -hmm. that's how we talk to ourselves in our head. And so um, I just want to add on to what you said and realize, and hopefully people will understand that you're going to have to kind of reparent yourself in some of these, in some of these situations. Absolutely. And one of the ways that I do it personally is just by saying, oh yeah, I'm human. Mm -hmm. I always go back to my humanness. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes we can forget or we think that maybe we're not and that we're supposed yeah. to do everything perfectly with no mistakes. And mm-hmm. that's actually not what life is about. It's 50% great and 50% not so great. And like <laughs> I'm living my human experience. Yes. Right? Yes. And so always having that to kind of be tethered to, I think is important mm-hmm. to just like level set and to help you get back on the ground when it comes yeah. to such situations. So that's something that works for me at least. Yes. I love but that. Any any other things that you think that the listeners need to know about as, as it pertains to self-worth and leveling mm-hmm. up? You know, I think one of the biggest things is knowing that it's it's a journey. And so with any journey, there's going to be ups and downs. And so today, after listening to us, you might be like, yeah, okay, self-worth. Yeah, got this. And then tomorrow something will happen and you'll feel really low, really down. And so in those moments, again, like give yourself grace and just take care of yourself. Yeah. I just want people to know like this is once you identified how to increase your self-worth, you're not just always going to stay there. Like that's, that's not the human experience period. And so just knowing that it's going to be up and down and that's okay. You have tools now, you have resources. It's going to be okay. I love that. I think that a lot of things are journeys, right? That like everything is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Yes. Even though we're trying to sprint on everything, like we, if you try to sprint a marathon, you're going to be <laughs> asked out, breath, yes. out of breath, right? Yes. Cramped up. Yes. Right? Exactly. So mm-hmm. easy, as my great grandmother, granny would say, go slow so you can go some more, right? Okay. Yes. So yes. that pace yourself. Yes. Let's just do a little bit each week. Right. Mm -hmm. I think, I think that the first inclination for so many of the listeners and the clients is, okay, I'm going to get this book and then I'm going to do this every day and da da da. No. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Let's, just, let's do a little bit, just a small bit. And let's try to be consistent on a weekly basis. Exactly. Intentional every month, right? So yes. Slowly, small. slowly, yes. gradually, you know, get mm-hmm. into this. And like you said, like it's your pace is going to change and some mm-hmm. you're going to have a higher pace or a lower pace in this marathon. Yeah. Yeah. But you got to keep on going, as they say. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for being here. This has been so lovely. And I know that so many people have gotten so much out of this episode. Now, for those individuals that need to work with you, girl, that want (laughs) to learn more about you and your work, how can they connect with you? So the easiest way to get in contact with me is just go to my website, www www.soireesintherapy.com. And they can even, if you want to work with me intentionally with therapy, then of course they can book a free 15 minute consultation. I also have a podcast called Detox Therapy that a very special guest is going to be on very soon. And AKA me, y'all. Me, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> bow, bow, bow. <laughs> um, and how else? Oh, then of course on Instagram at Soirees and Therapy. Awesome. 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 Girl, thank you so much for being here. This has been so fun. Yes. Thanks for having me. Anytime, anytime, anytime. All right, my loves. I hope that this was helpful for you and that you are thinking about ways in which you can manage your self-worth in these uh, streets, in these pandemic streets, (laughs) in these life streets. Um, With much love, I'm going to bid you adieu. Bye. Thank you for listening to the show, loves. This show was produced by Mackenzie Mazel and me, Dantea. If you got a question you'd like me to answer, which I know you do, please send it to Dantea at soireesintherapy.com. That's S-O-I-R-E-E-S for soirees. When you do that, the answer might just become an episode, and I would love to keep talking about your question. Want to work with me? The link is in the show notes. I'll see you there, and I'll see you in the next episode. Okay.